at church a ridiculously queer podcast where we take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about how it connects to queerness religion and theology i'm pastor emily and i am the fridge portal alternating between delicious food slash takeout and deathly destruction (laughs) i love that and there is no pace only zool there is no pace (laughs) only zool (laughs) today so that's who i am all right, and I am Bobby Torres, and I have seen shit that w- will turn you white. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, Bobby, welcome to the podcast. It is a joy and honor to have you on the podcast. Um, for Thank you. for our listeners, Bobby Torres is the name and person behind Bobby likes it spooky. Uh. Um, channel that talks about movies and particularly horror movies. Um, Bobby has always been in love with the horror genre since he was a kid, so very passionate when discussing horror films. And as we know at Horror Nerds at Church, that is the place to start a podcast. Right. Um, Bobby is also the co-host of Scream Kings and People Under the Scares podcast. Yay. Yes. Thank you for joining us. No, of course. I'm happy to be here. And thank you. That was a great introduction. <laughs> I like to try to stay busy. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. been a fan of uh, Bobby Likes It Spooky for years. So this is like a dream come true to have you on the podcast. I didn't know. Thank you. <laughs> Even though I'm lacking in content right now, I need to step my game up. I've been so busy with the podcast, but more yeah. videos will be coming soon. But thanks, y'all. That that warmed my heart. That's good. That's I, good. For the record, more... Go ahead, Emily. I was just going to say, I, for the record, um, had not heard of you until Pace said so because I'm not a horror <laughs> fan. Okay. Which makes it a little weird co-hosting the horror podcast, but it is a fun... I'm slowly becoming a horror Yeah. I don't know if I'm there yet on horror fan, but okay. I'm slowly quit. I refer to them as my horror Padawan. So they are, like, <laughs> I'm teaching them the ways of the horror for- force. Yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited to dive into this one. And I, for the record, recognize the reference for Scream Kings and was super excited. It was like Scream Kings, like Scream Queens, but Kings. Yes. Yes understand just a whole bunch of gays just bantering talking back and forth talking about their love of horror and um yes scream king's definitely that but then um, a lot of us on there are huge fans of scream so um yeah that also came from that but definitely scream queens but also you know the male version i should say (laughs) yeah (laughs) and emily has uh joined the podcast uh with season three so they did not um, cover people under the stairs when we did cover that in season two so they are oh. familiar with that movie which you, your other podcast references so yes <laughs> another Wes craven lovely... movie yes oh. I, I love Wes craven 
Um, thanks to my lovely co-host, uh, Michael. Um, it was his podcast first. And then he uh, offered, you know, say, hey, you want to be my co-host? And at first I was like, nah, I'm busy with Bobby Likes a Spooky and mm-hmm. other stuff. I said, you know what? I can do it. I can have time. Um, and now it's chaotic, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks to him for the name and we love it. But yeah, please check out um, People Under the Stairs because it's a crazy Wes Craven film. But it's I'll a lot of fun. Out. We did yeah. um, our fourth season. So last season we covered Nightmare on Elm Street. And that was my introduction to Wes Craven. And I actually like really liked the Wes Craven ones from that franchise. So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. great. He's great. We're already doing some of that, but this is like the announcements. We'll check in. See how good of a transition. Um, the joke <laughs> on the podcast is that I in particular am too NB to transition. Uh, so I just don't do chins well. So whenever I do, I have to point it out, which then ruins the transition. Yeah, um, this is the way. You know, this <laughs> is the way. Um, yeah, so this is our second episode of this season and the first of Ghostbusters, which is our, like, franchise for this. So, yes. Yeah, this is this will be coming out right after Holy Week. So <laughs> I will be exhausted, and, you know, my own <laughs> right. living death then from all that holy week entails for a pack yeah yeah (laughs) well for announcements then i'll quick throw in uh we have a new patreon tier so i'm just going to remind all of y'all that all month long that reminding all of y'all we have a new patreon tier so we Mm -hmm. still have our five dollar a month which is now called the horror nerds tier and for that you still get the same things uh boot tube uh, episode every month, a movie commentary episode a month, plus occasional other fun things. And then we are adding to that a $10 horror movie buff tier. And that tier, you get additional occasional episodes, which is going to be really, um, it's really going to be worth your money when we get to season six. But don't worry, we'll have a few special treats on there before we get there. Mm-hmm. And also, you get curated movie recommendations monthly by me or maybe emily depending or on what me, your moods but are but if you want good recommendations <laughs> and um additionally with that tier you will get shouted out on the podcast for being a supporter so all those fun things so check that out patreon.com slash horror nerds at church mm-hmm. uh, those, that's and our only merch in... store we have new merch oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we have new ghostbusters themed merch hey i ain't a I ain't scared of no church. Yep. <laughs> I ain't scared of no church. <laughs> I love that. I love right, it. Right. That uh, one is bit.ly slash nerds at church merch. Capitalize yep. the first letter of every word. There we go. There we go. And of mm-hmm. course, all that stuff is linked in the show notes, like always. Yeah. Nope. That's all. That's all the okay. nonsense I got. Time for Emily to transition again. Let's Ta-da-da. do it. <laughs> So one of the things, Bobby, one of the things that we do on this podcast when we have guests is we invite them to share a real life church horror story. Um, This could be anything spooktacular in terms of like ghosts, hauntings, exorcisms, terrible or terrible theology, terrible church experiences, or it could be just kind of a bigger spookiness experience of your so. Do you have anything? Um, I don't as far as like 
church because um like i my family were religious but um i I remember being very young like a kid like i didn't go to church with them often sometimes i did but i was too young and then as i got older um we just didn't do that anymore um and i was still also trying to figure out like my religion and my spirituality and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and now even to this day like i'm not a religious person but i am very spiritual yeah. Um, but I'm not religious just, just because church people and church itself is just gonna be a lot. Yeah, um, but that's so real. yeah, um, so I don't really have a story based on that. But is it okay if I can tell a quick spooky story? Something yes. that happened to me when I was a kid. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I told this before, but not too people, many people know about this. But um, quick story: my me and my sister are six years apart. So I used to babysit her a lot, and she had this doll called um, Bubba. It's a bear mm. called Talking Bubba, but it was sleep time Bubba. So it was like three different versions. This was like the bedtime version. So he's a bear with a flashlight, wearing pajamas, whatever. Um, so one night, my sister like ex, can she sleep in my room because Bubba won't stop talking? So I'm just creepy. like, <laughs> that's creepy in and of itself, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, and I didn't experience it that one time, but then the next night I did. And I'm just like, well, maybe the batteries is dying. Cause you know how sometimes when things have yeah. batteries, they start to malfunction and just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let that pass the next night. My sister knocked on my door again and she was like, he's doing it again. So I'm just like, oh my God. So let's just go see. So I went in her room. Um, he's not saying anything. He's not talking. We will go back into my room. He start going off again. So at this point, I like let me just see what's going on with the batteries. Probably maybe that's what it is. I can take the batteries out. He'll shut up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, he had no batteries in him. So oh my this is where I freaked out. So this yep. is kind of similar to Child's Play, and yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> so. And I've seen a lot of scary movies at that age. I was so I ran into my mom's room, <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, like this doll is not like. And she's like, My real name is Robert nicknamed bobby so she's like robert go back in your room whatever i'm just like no like i'm serious like you know my sister like just it was just yeah. a whole big thing my mom didn't believe me and this is it could be like a scary movie because you know how the parents never believe the kids in the movie yeah, and then something yeah. bad happens and that's how mm-hmm. i felt um <laughs> so that was very spooky i end up locking t- talking bubba inside one of my sister's um toy chest and they actually had a key and i locked him in there just in case he tried to pop out or something crazy one night I had a bad nightmare. My sister wasn't home. She was staying a night out at like my cousin's or something for a sleepover. So it was just me and my mom. My mom was asleep again. And I decided I'm having a nightmare. So I went downstairs, tried to put on Cartoon Network or something just to keep my mind off of the nightmare mm-hmm. I had. Yeah. So I go downstairs and I'm sitting on the couch and like between the wall and the couch, it was a little space. Bubba sitting in that corner space. <gasps> So this is when I started to freak out and I ran right back upstairs and went in my room and locked the door. (laughs) Um, I don't know how he got there. I don't know if my mom was playing a prank to this day. She says that it wasn't her. Um, We're much older now. Like I'm in my thirties, my sister's in her late twenties. And to this day, we talk about that story and my mom still don't believe us. And I was like, we're not making this up. Yeah. Um, Talking Bubba, I don't know where he's at now. Hopefully he's not <laughs> terrorizing somebody else. Right. 
I'm thinking like Best this is peace. like yeah. Hopefully, I think we um I don't know. I think the last I seen of that bear was like we had cousins over, somebody over, and they asked to borrow them or take them, and we let them, and we just never seen them again. Yeah, yeah. So did you yeah. warn them? No. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Just get it out of the house. That's for right. you to deal with and figure it out. No, I didn't at all. I'm like, maybe they'll experience it. And if they have stories, then they'll come back. Then I could be like, you know what? Yes, me too. Cause I don't want to seem crazy. So, yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. So, I wonder yeah. if anything happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure that its name was Bubba, not like Annabelle or something? I don't like, know. Jesus Christ. Cause <laughs> You can Google it on YouTube. It's Talking Bubba and it's Sleep Time Bubba. It's different versions. And that one, wow. his flashlight would turn on and all by itself. Yeah, it was a lot. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> super creepy. And I am glad that I did not have that experience because I love stuffed animals and have some that I really like. And that would freak me the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just the little stuff that happened to you in your past and you can't explain. Even like mm-hmm. to this day, you like... How did that happen? Why did that happen? Like, I'm still thinking, like, as I'm telling the story right now, like, how was he talking without any batteries in it? Like, I can understand the batteries were dying or, you know, and he started to, like I said, malfunction or yeah, something, yeah. but it was no batteries in it. And he was still talking. And his flashlight would go off. So it was just creepy Ooh. to me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Spooktacular. So, yes. <laughs> It wasn't in a church, but, you know, close enough. No, but that's, yeah. I didn't live too far from a church, just put it that way. (laughs) Maybe it needs some holy water or something, too. Yes. Just douse it in there, baptize Bubba. Mm -mm. Oh, my goodness. That would bring out the spirits even more. I probably won't even be here today. I might be locked up somewhere in an insane asylum or something. Oof. Yeah. Um, That is a delightfully spooky way to begin this episode. (laughs) Uh, This episode on all the spooks with uh, Ghostbusters, the first one in which came out in 1984 and was directed by Ivan Reitman. So one of the things that we ask is what your first memory or experience of the film was. And this is a place where frequently in our unofficial drinking game, our listeners get to tra- take a drink and they will get at least one this episode. But, uh, <laughs> when was your first memory or experience of the movie? Uh, so, okay. So again, I'm so happy y'all asked me about, you know, being on this episode because as a kid, I was obsessed with this movie. Like Ooh. I ran this VHS tape to the ground. <laughs> nice. Like, that's all I watched. This is all I watched. This one in a sequel. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just, like, I watched horror movies, but I think these are, this was, like, one of the fun, um, kid-friendly horror movies that just yeah. I enjoyed. Um, it was some people that I was familiar with, like Dan Aykroyd and um, even Sigourney Weaver, Queen, like, mm-hmm. lover. Mm-hmm. Um, come on, Ripley, Alien, amazing. So... My first memory with this is, again, like I said, as a kid, just watching this VHS tape over and over again, memorizing the lines, the quotes, um, just even, like, as an adult now, I'm going to just say this. Um, this movie, certain things didn't age well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Particularly, um, you know, some stuff that, you know, Bill Murray character 
I Mill say. says. And it's a shame because I liked yeah. Bill Murray, you know. Um mm-hmm. and I still do to some, you know, some, you know, point. But like as a kid, you don't realize those things. You just see the fun in it. You see the ghosts and the humor and just the adventure mm-hmm. of it all. And that was me. Like I as a kid, I had the little um the 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 toy the car i had the characters um they used to have slimer on the high c juice boxes i used to collect those like i was obsessed y'all yes like i was obsessed um it was just really really bad and then the second one when they went to like new well they're always in new york but they celebrated on uh I think it was like New Year's Eve or something. Yep, yep. And then you had Bobby Brown and singing on the um, soundtrack. And I'm like, here we go. This, this is like my favorite right. song ever. So I was the biggest fan. Um, nice. Fast forward to today when uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, I think a couple years ago. Um, I actually took myself on a date to go see the movie because nobody didn't want to go with me. So. Rude. It's hard. Right? It's hard to improve on the 2016 Ghostbusters. I love this. See, that one gets a lot of hate. Um, And I actually enjoy the 2016 one. It's just like people take things so seriously. Like they talk about, oh, but it's not as funny because, you know, it's women and then it's blah, blah, blah. Because they're sexist. Let's just right. mean that, like right. And I'm like, yeah. this movie is legit funny. Just because it's not like the OG doesn't mean anything. This movie is fun. I like the twist that they had on it. I had a good mm-hmm. time with it. I don't understand. Well, I don't understand why people hate it so much. I enjoyed it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm always going to have love for the 1984 one because this is what I first seen. This is what I grew up on, but um, I'm not one of those fans that's like, ah, no, they can't do it better. No, I really enjoyed the 2016 one and i actually want a mm-hmm. sequel to that one right, right me too yeah what about you pace i well first i like that emily is throwing shade at uh <laughs> ghostbusters afterlife without actually having seen ghostbusters afterlife so uh, we'll get there we'll um get there. it's we'll a good movie it too it's they're good. all good they're yeah. all good you like didn't it realize it had come out because it came out during the pandemic no, it came out right before. Oh, right. 2019. No, after, right? No. I thought it was, no, it was 2021. Right. 2021. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So I'm getting I was, confused. I yeah. was a chaplain at a hospital during the pandemic, like the first half of the pandemic. So there's no way I was going to go see that in theaters. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So it's not my fault that I haven't seen it yet. And I will see it by the end of this season because... Spoiler: You kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of word covering. It. Watching. I yeah. can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah. So, let's see. I first. I kind of grew up with Ghostbusters. Like it came out the year before I was born, so it's always kind of part of the pop cultural zeitgeist. Um, but I remember, like, when I was a pretty young kid, the real Ghostbusters animated show was airing on like Saturday mornings. So I was like really into the toys and collect, and trying to collect those. Um, my neighbor had the firehouse uh, mm-hmm. toy. And like that to me was like the height of being rich or something. I was like, no one can afford that <laughs> toy at Toys R Us. It's $50. Imagine a toy being $50 being expensive. Right. Now it's like average. <laughs> but like, uh, but like, I was just like, how can anybody afford that? So it was like, my friend had this like treasure trove toy kind of, a thing mm-hmm. so i would always love going to his house to play with it um and i even got he even got in trouble for trying to like trade my batman toy for anyway long story oh. there but 
uh, yeah, so I kind of always grew up with this film, and it's always been a perennial favorite and probably part of what got little pace into horror. I don't really have a clear memory the first time I saw it, but I've definitely seen it dozens, if not even like hundreds of times. Who knows? But I've seen it so <laughs> much in my life. So, yes. so congratulations. That's one drink. The other yep. drink is <laughs> I hadn't seen it until I watched it for this podcast. That's the common theme among our horror films that we Which watch. Which is quite a feat. Like, t- yeah. this movie is on TV all the time. Like, even now, but especially in the 90s. Like, how can you get through life without having seen this movie? It's like... <laughs> we would watch the, like, <laughs> James Bond marathons that were on TV when those were on TV. And we had, like, TV shows that we liked to watch. So I'm trying to figure out because I am familiar with Ghostbusters, but I don't. Maybe it's the cartoon that I saw. I don't know. Mm. But um, so my first time seeing it was last week when Pace and I watched it for this episode, and um, everything you said, Bobby, about it not aging well, I resonate with. Like <laughs> there was stuff in there, and I was just like, oh. right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get get more into it, but yeah. Right. Bill Murray, no. Right. Um, I mean, like, to this day, like, again, like, again, I we mostly grew up watching this, so, like, again, you didn't pay attention to any of that stuff when you were younger, Mm -hmm. but now watching an adult is just like, "Uh." and then sometimes people get on me about, like, well, why do you enjoy that film so much? Like, I'm like, look, it's not just... Like, yeah, I, I, I recognize the flaws, okay? But there's also a lot of great things about this movie. And it's not like this movie's just focused on that one particular character. Like, there's other people mm-hmm. in here that are great, that are not problematic, that are fun, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and it's a little bit of nostalgia for me as well. But, like, I can, again, as long as I recognize the issues with it, cool. But I'm not going to sit there and say that there's nothing wrong with it. Clearly, I see it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to let that, mess up my you know mess with the enjoyment of the movie for me i'm gonna still enjoy the film yeah there is there is definitely a nostalgia of like this is an experience i have in a relationship and emotions that i have with this movie and i can recognize yeah would not be a good movie today in the same way that it was then like right. higher expectations um speaking of what makes movies movies uh <laughs> I really am terrible at these. Um, our background, like, can shift into background behind the scenes of the film. I actually watched and did homework and watched the Movies That Made Us episode on Ghostbusters. No. Okay. Because Pace reminded me multiple times to do that. Um, <laughs> and, and then I actually remembered five hours ago. Um, and watching the, like, Movies That Made Us thing i was just like literally it's like all of these white guys and they're all like we had this like super half-baked idea and we're like hey we want to do this and they were like okay and we were like hey we want all this money and they were like okay and i was just like ah to be a (laughs) cishet white guy doing film in the 80s i guess like everything like the only thing they like struggled with was a deadline which and also was... getting the name, but even that they was. But that's simple. God, like, come on, you're right. getting a movie made. Like, exactly, <laughs> really. exactly. Yeah. I wish I can do that right now. Like, right. right. Yeah. 
yeah and that's and i'm loud cars driving by um yeah <laughs> i it was just like fascinating to me and then to have like the shift where like from the beginning of of the movies that made us like the episode they're like the original three that were planned for the thing were dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dan uh, Belushi, John Belushi, John Belushi, and Eddie Murphy, and yep. I was like, okay, that okay, and then John Belushi <laughs> died, like as they were still talking about and writing and planning and stuff, and then they just like didn't go for Eddie Murphy because he was too big or something, mm. and I was, and so they went with Ernie Hudson, who did a great job with a character that continually got diminished, right, like that his part and his role that he was supposed to have just kept getting cut and all of that yeah. kept getting pushed over to bill murray and it's just like that is a missed opportunity it pissed me off like even like now like sometimes when you see the cover art for the movie i'm not too sure if it's like that on hbo max or not but sometimes they'll even show the three of them but not ernie hudson yeah yeah even though he's a part of the ghostbusters mm -hmm. or you'll see the four of them and it'll say bill murray dan eckroy you know and uh what's his other name i forgot his name rest in peace um uh, yeah. i'm gonna play egon um harold uh, ramus they'll, they'll credit them three yes but then Ernie Hudson is not on there. And I'm just like, God, like he's a part of the Ghostbusters. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? can you make the racism more clear than this? Because I'm not sure you can. Like, And he's also like it. the least problematic character. <laughs> like he's Listen. the only one that has aged well <laughs> <laughs> compared to the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is true. Um, watching Afterlife and, you know, spoiler alert. I'm sorry, Emily. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. They do make a, um, you know, a uh, a cameo in there. And you're right, Pace. Like, Ernie Hudson aged better than <laughs> all of right. them, which is crazy. Right. But what I like what they're doing now is I think that they realize all of that. So I feel like there is, it seems like now with Ghostbusters going forward, they're putting it more into Ernie Hudson hands. Like I'm, I'm starting mm -hmm. to see like him credit more. And even there's a scene in the movie. I don't want to give that away, but it kind of applies to something um, with him. And um, I, I like that they are trying to give him his credit now. But the thing is, just, yeah. what was why couldn't y'all do that in the eighties? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I don't get it. In the eighties or any decade yeah. since. No. Right, because that's also one of the issues with 2016 is version, which we'll get to when we get to that cover that movie more in depth. But like the we have these three brilliant scientists, and then we have the black one who is just joins the team late in the game, and uh, her she has the street smarts, and it's like this is 2016. Mm -hmm. You can do a little bit better, especially when you have such a high comedic talent joining yeah. the cast right. like right. she is amazing and then it's like mm, she can be things. she can be a scientist she can be a lot right? of things why does mm -hmm. she just have to be that the subway worker that yeah it's just like seriously I mean, like i mean to be to be perfectly clear like subway workers like anybody that does transit in new york city you well yeah that's off to, to you some level of like yeah yeah but it definitely like there is this aspect of like the black character whether it is the 2016 version where it's a black woman or all of the other ones where it's a black man right that is like 
a fool and like the fool jester character in some senses particularly around academics and education but then there's also like the ways that they're they subvert it right and that's all about who's playing like the actor and the and the work that the actor does to be like okay you have made me into this you have made this character into the fool and also I can like this character is one of the ones that can see more clearly that can recognize more clearly what is going on and is like right like where Leslie Jones can slap Melissa McCarthy because she recognizes that she's possessed and that's how Mm -hmm. like and needs to get the possession the ghost out of her and yeah so that yeah, we'll was probably keep up with the yeah. tangents on to 2016 it's hard not to but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get but we also have a whole episode to get there too mm-hmm. um that one of the things i do like about the behind the scenes uh, if you watch the movies that made us uh it talks about dan Aykroyd. like this was always kind of his baby and then mm-hmm. it kind of was taken over by ivan reitman and stuff like that uh but just that just like his family history with uh, the paranormal and working in uh, I think their relatives that worked in like the seance circuit of the mm-hmm. um, late 19th century and stuff like that. And that, a lot of that people come all the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of that like carries over into the film, like the use of ectoplasm, which is something that <laughs> no ghost mo- movie today really ever has. But for some reason that still exists in Ghostbusters because of its connection to the 19th century seances and stuff like that. So just kind of like that. And then also, Kind of, this is like its own cultural phenomena, uh, pretty much instant success in the box office, and has spawned two sequels, a reboot, video games, comic series, toys, two animated series, the list goes on and on. So uh, cl- clearly a big, this movie had and continues to have a big impact on pop culture. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, one of the movies that made us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix sponsor us because of that line right there. <laughs> that that does it. Okay, I guess we can walk or roll through the film, and so we basically just kind of touch on some of our favorite moments before we get into our deep dive. Uh, I just love personally how any movie that open has a cold open, and so this one with the cold open library is pretty iconic and just spooky. How it's and how it slowly ratchets up this suspense, but always in a comedic way. And um, mm-hmm. also, then we immediately get introduced to Venkman uh, mm-hmm. being an asshole and sleaze hitting on college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was up with the 80s and masculinity? I do not know. <laughs> but... And like the ethic, like, <laughs> I mean, psychological experiments and the ethics around those. And Yeah. I mean, it's like when the, yeah. they stop getting funded, like that they that's a good thing like there's a the university is like realize how many scandals the university just cover this stuff up but they're like nope we are kicking you out it's like for once the university doing a good thing and here they're seen as the bad guys because they're not funding them anymore but anyway (laughs) and that's like the line is when they're like oh no we have to get jobs in the private sector i've worked in the private sector they expect results i love it you're telling on yourself yeah right right (laughs) i love ray though like when every line he says is just like so it feels like so innocent and sweet and yet also like 
it's clearly the trope of the dumb guy using quotation marks, the dumb smart guy. But I love that one line where he's like, listen, do you smell something? It's like, can your senses confuse there, bud? But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, See, that's funny that you say that. I never really thought of him like the dumb smart guy. <laughs> but mm. now that you say that, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Especially in the sequel, I think it's even played up more in Ghostbusters oh. too. But mm. yeah, uh, I also just have to wonder what the hours are of the Ghostbusters because in their commercial they say our courteous and efficient staff are on call 24 hours a day, and I'm like, certainly that can't be Janine. And if it is mm-hmm. Janine, like, no wonder oh, she's in a bad mood. Say yes. No, no wonder she's cranky. <laughs> Right. And let's just say Janine does a complete what 180 from this movie to the next one. Right. Like, this is not the same character. I know we're not talking about part two, but I'm just letting you know two different same character, but two different characters. Yeah. Same actress even, but just completely different take. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. She's a lot angrier on this one. And I get it. If they have her up 24 hours, you know, not paying seven days well. a week, then and not paying right. her, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it, and- it, it's like just randomly, like they will be like, it'll show a scene, it'll be light out. And then the next scene, it'll be like night out. And they're like still doing work and she's still there. It's like, <laughs> do, do they just all live there, including Janine? Like, I get they might because of it being a firehouse, but does even their support staff live? There? Like, what's going on? Poor Janine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, so because my first like actual, I think, official Ghostbusters that I know of was the 2016 version throughout this i was like oh that's what that referenced and like some of the things i had gotten in 2016 like i knew slimy and that sort of thing at that time but there was a lot that i didn't but one of it was like the presumed like dumb secretary right is what you get in the 2016 version um and this i was like she's not dumb like she she knows what's going on she just is pissed and they're not treating her yeah. well and whatever and um, yeah so that was that was one of the ones was like okay so this is but, a different mm, thing her but. cameo in 2016 though is still the same type of character <laughs> yeah. you may not remember her that she cameoed in 2016 because i don't know how, how recently you saw it but she answers the phone in that and it's kind of she does same yeah, sort of gruff personality cameo because i didn't i didn't know her yeah the way that like the other guys are like fairly Mm -hmm. but so as much as bill murray's character of venkman is an ass i do love that sigourney weaver the queen that she is is able to hit everything he throws at her like back and like with such great sarcasm and the lines in here so i love that one line when she responds to some uh, ill-attempted attempt at flirting on her and she's like yes we both have the same problem you like, oh, i love you yes, yes you get it mm-hmm. it's like courtney you're the best she's yeah. great yeah i love that <laughs> i was not happy with like the ending part but i loved that like mm. again and again and again she's just like nope 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 yeah and then the last scene i want to uh touch on is lewis tully's party i just love for, first of all <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that party, I actually would love to go. Right? It is like perfect it seems so cuckoo bananas. <laughs> but yes, 
I would love to be there. The way everybody's just dancing, especially the one girl with the the blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, what just happened? For sure, I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. And like how he's just randomly giving like advice and tax tips. And he's like, oh, I have some aspirin, but it's store brand because it saves you this much. Like, oh my God. He just I doesn't shut it. up. He's going through the whole party, <laughs> just talking, going from one I'm story to another. I'm like, business. Like, yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love Rick Moranis. I'm glad he's coming a little bit back into acting after his long retirement he's just such yeah. a great character actor and everything he shows yeah, up he's in. great yeah I have you seen him in um was it is it big bully he was in a, a movie called big bully with tom arnold and he was also in little giants have you guys seen that little giants love that yeah. one yep mm-hmm. yeah. i don't he remember was... big bully but yeah, that one was interesting. It was just like him and Tom Arnold um, being enemies when they were younger, and now that they're adults, they are kind of like friends. But then they're they find their way back into Friendly. bullying. Well, Tom Arnold being a bully to him again as grown ass men. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a mess, but it's so much fun. Um, one I of these days we'll. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a great one, and Little Shop of Horrors, which we'll do on this podcast eventually because we have to great in that too so the flintstones yeah the movie flintstones Mm -hmm. live action one he plays barney huh that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah i really liked the gargoyles coming to life scene because i was like yes yes because gargoyles are supposed to be the protectors and like there's all sorts of different um different like pop culture references to it right from like Vampirina, the show that my favorite five-year-old likes, to, <laughs> um, well, soon to be five-year-old, to like books that have gargoyles and castles and all of that. To, like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I would love to see that crossover. Mm. This movie with Hunchback and Notre oh. Dame, those gargoyles, right? How <laughs> <laughs> would that, that look? Great. <laughs> It'd be the wildest thing ever. Nice. Yeah. I would watch it one hundred percent though. Okay. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, but the gargoyles are great. Um, the the scene. Um, well, the scene when first of all when Dana is like in a chair and they're like grabbing her, which was again that was like major scary nightmare on elm street vibes for me of the like bathtub scene with the claw like Mm -hmm. i was like this feels like and they came out in the same year too so it's like i don't think one was copying the other it's just like 84 right 84 yeah it's just like something's in the air of let's have weird hands grab women in vulnerable places (laughs) no But no, like it was creepy. Like this movie, one thing I would say, even though it's more on the comedic side, it does have some scary um, elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that opening scene that you um, that y'all mentioned. Um, also, this scene right here with them coming out the chair, grabbing her, and then she's getting dragged into the uh, the door, the closet, whatever it was. Um, yeah. There's some scary moments in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love the marshmallow puffed man. Mr. Stay Puffed. Yes. I love that. And then the like marshmallow destruction and marshmallow goo everywhere. Everywhere. I love it so much. That was like so good. So good. I kind of want to get covered in marshmallow goo. I know it would be like hard to get out, but it would be worth it. I wouldn't mind. It would be be amazing. I mean, 
All I can, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say because it's inappropriate. This I think I know. What, I, yeah, I think I know what you. I know. It's like yeah. we all know what you're talking about. You can right. say it. It's after it's hours. That's who well, we are. It's the, all I can think about is when we did our Twilight season, we we're talking about the sparkle cum <laughs> that Edward has. So I'm like, we're we already talked about the cum fetish of. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. <laughs> sparkle cum. <laughs> yes. So, we did our third season was the was Twilight slash vampires. Okay. And <laughs> Stephanie Myers, the author of Twilight, has we have decided, mostly Pace and I concurred, that she has a cum fetish. She fought so deeply into this like vampire lore that she totally created without paying attention to any of the other vampire lore out there. That vampires have sparkly venomous vampire cum that can in fact impregnate somebody yes and (sighs) she has gone so far like in the twilight official guide which Mm -hmm. god help me i actually read for this podcast the things i do for this podcast but she wrote this guide which is basically like the appendix or the rings kind of deal where she just goes into all the lore and in there she talks about how the only fluid vampires have is their white sparkly venom and so it's like well edward impregnates bella with his sparkly venom that is white and so it's like yeah there there has we're so we were starting okay. to delve into the little to um the <laughs> fetishes of stephanie myers it's like oh we're going a little too deep we need to back out yeah. of this we don't need to think about this wow <laughs> I would never so, look at those movies ever again the same. Right, right, right. <laughs> yep, yep. So, that's that's I mean, our goal here well. on Horror Nerds at Church. <laughs> never look at the movie again the same way. So I, I have to wonder, though, about like Ivan Reitman and the creative team behind Ghostbusters. Because in both this one and the sequel, you'll see Emily in the sequel. There's this obsession with covering the guys in this kind of sticky fluid Mm. kind of thing so like i wonder is there some sort of like homoerotic undertones to this movie that um, are coming out i don't know i don't know this one is white the next one is not white but still (laughs) it's pink in the next one it is (laughs) i mean they do have like they also make the god trans feminine and like yeah the like evil god um so there's late i loved yeah Mm -hmm, yeah yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's some definite queer coding in it so oh yeah maybe my favorite is the like likelihood of it being unintentional like they didn't realize until it happened and then they were like (laughs) and then you're like yeah well it's there now (laughs) right right like it's the you might not be as straight as you thought you were (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) Um, I'm here for that. Yeah. Wow. Did you have any other favorite scenes, Bobby? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to get sparkly come out my head now. <laughs> um, wow. You're welcome. That yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Mm, no, it's okay. <laughs> Just, okay. <laughs> you're never gonna watch this movie the same no, anymore. You're never gonna I'm watch not. Twilight the same anymore. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of favorite scenes, like. Um, y'all just mentioned a bunch of um, um the ending mm-hmm. particularly just one of the best scenes um when they're going up against Gozer, mm-hmm. um while Mister Stay Puff is out there just destroying shit, it's just a good time. Um, 
Yeah, it just, I don't know. And also, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me rewind. Sigourney Weaver and her transformation. Like when yes. she turns into Zul, <laughs> the shade that she's giving Bill Murray at the door, and she just slams the door at his face because it wasn't the answer she wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything. And how she looked well, with the, the dress that she's wearing, the glitter on her face, the way her hair is blown out, just everything. Like, I just live for that look of hers. I right. thought you were talking about when she turned into the dog, the like CGI oh. dog. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was her idea. Like it was her yeah. idea to actually like turn into that. Wait, creature. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, cool. And, and she like she does it well, right? Like she's yeah. like into it. And so it's like, but also when- Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. the gatekeeper, right? So gatekeeper and key master. Oh yeah. Too. So she's the gate keeper and lewis is the key master i think Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. of course is goes along with a gender binary of a key being inserted into a lock kind of yeah Yeah. which they play on in well we can't keep spoiling uh (laughs) ghostbusters afterlife but they play play with that a little bit oh yeah they do i'll probably forget about it by then it's okay yeah true true and even some of the effects in here i will say as well is pretty good like even though this came out in like the early 80s like, yeah, some of it is, like, especially when, you know, they're <clears throat> doing the CGI dogs and stuff. Some of it you can clearly tell. <laughs> but for me, I'm a huge, like, practical effects person. Like, nothing right. beats practical effects. So I can tell there's a combination of both. And I enjoy mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah the library scene. It's, like, yes. books on wires. But then the cards is somebody standing behind there with a mm-hmm. straw and blowing through a straw to make the cards fly out. Yeah. Ah, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's so and good. it's really interesting too about the special effects is it's amazing they are as good as they are because of the tight deadline that mm-hmm. um, Emily referenced that the oftentimes the effects team would send over a rough edit of the effect for approval and they didn't have enough time to let them finish that. So they just put the rough edit into the film. So like some of those scenes are real wonky, like the dog ones where it's like Mm -hmm. that could have went through another edit or two, but even so like compared to a lot of the films of the time, it it still looks pretty good. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wish more um, like a lot of movies now use tons of CGI. Um, Sorry, your car. There we go. Um, I just wish that more movies of today uh, focus more on practical effects because it's nothing like it. And I know, like, I'm sure it's more expensive, but, like, go for it. It's going to look so much better. So much better. Um, That is the one, when we get to 2016, that's my biggest criticism of it, is it looks so CGI and, like, mm -hmm. fake, and it does not look as good as these first two films which came out like two decades earlier right so like mr stay puff looks great in this movie i love (laughs) like it looks i believe that there's a giant marshmallow man destroying new york it looks that (laughs) way like it looks great the way the marshmallow you know goo is just getting on everybody in the city that looks amazing today that would definitely be cgi somehow Mm -hmm. whole nother level of Mm -hmm. But I believe those are like mostly some of my favorites. I'm sure there's more as we talk about it. I'm sure I'll be like, oh, wait, that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. those are the ones I could think of at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to our deep theological discussion of the day. 
deep diving, diving deeply. I one time and so now it is our transition into deep a part of the show. That is dope. I love that. Keep doing it. Right, right. We'll see. Deeply diving, diving deeply, deeply diving, diving deeply. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, so. I have a few things. I guess I could get started because Theology of Place was such a big thing with their Nightmare on Elm Street series, how they keep going back to that damn house that there's no reason for him to go back to that damn house. To Nancy's, like, why the connection? This one, though, like, it feels so much better to, like, New York almost is a character in and of itself here mm-hmm. and just a beautiful backdrop for this. And, like, it... It's been said several times that Ghostbusters really is a New York movie. And so when they take it out of that setting and bring it into afterlife in rural, we'll see if that works works to remove Ghostbusters from the city uh, when we get mm-hmm. to that movie. But it just, it, it, I love the way that the architecture of New York is kind of imposing, mm-hmm. especially that one building, which is a real building in New York um, that mm-hmm. kind of overlooks Central Park. And how that kind of becomes part part of and parcel of the final scene. And just like you said, Mr. Stay Puff just walking through the city. Like mm-hmm. it's clearly a guy in a costume. Like it's like <laughs> same thing as like Kaiju Godzilla just walking through Tokyo. But like it just looks really good. And yeah. it really and it um works to just have this like skyscrapers with this giant Stay Puff marshmallow walking through it. So love that. Mm-hmm. Um also love that. Especially, uh, especially um, Spangler and Stan, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis's character both seem to be on the spectrum, or at least uh, Ray seems to be ADHD, if not um, spectrum So, like, I, I also like that there's kind of some neurodivergence on display here. Granted, mm-hmm. it's like 80s trope of like the aloof scientist kind of thing, but that also kind of gets unpacked a little bit more in some of the subsequent films, which I like. Mm-hmm. So always like when we have some neurodivergent, neurospicy representation. Yeah. So the misogyny in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I Like Pace, I think you warned me at the beginning of the movie before it, technically any of the dialogue started, maybe that Bill Murray's character was an asshole. And then I like, as I was watching, I was like, yeah, the like skeptic who isn't sure if he like really believes in ghosts is also an asshole. And then he just became like more and more of an asshole. And I was just like, you're awful, like awful. And then there's like the comment about hysteria and not taking what Sigourney Weaver's character says seriously. And then like the whole time, right. You all, we all know that Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver are like somehow being set up for romance. And according to Dan Aykroyd, that was not part of the original. Um, but I, like I kept writing in my note as I was like, take just jotting down notes. I was like, don't fall in love with assholes. Don't fall in love with assholes. <laughs> assholes shouldn't get the girl. And it just, I was just like, Ugh. the one like semi redeeming quality that I think Pace pointed out to me is that in the end, Ultimately, he 
only kind of crosses boundaries with her when she is, like, not conscious and unable to consent. Like, he doesn't actually have sex with her, even though the, like, gatekeeper in her is, like, down down to fuck, right? But he doesn't. He still, like, does a little bit of creepy things. But, like, there's a little bit of teeny-tiny yeah. room where he respects her or lack yeah, of mm-hmm. ability to consent. Like... For him, sexual harassment, A-OK. Sexual assault, nah, not going to go there. Maybe yeah. right up to the edge, but not going to cross it. So, like, I guess that's good. <laughs> I <laughs> guess. <laughs> yeah, that's my, like, uh, yeah. Now that I think about some of the roles that he played, um, he plays being an asshole a lot. Um, right. Unfortunately, one of my favorite movies from home is Scrooged. Is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Also, yeah. known could be a horror movie, but he's worse in that movie <laughs> compared to this That's one. Saying something, way worse. But it's Scrooge. He's supposed to be this horrible person, but like he's just that times ten. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, then uh, obviously at the end, he's like redeemed and all this extra shit, whatever. Blah 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 blah. But that doesn't help the <laughs> the the. the the talk, you know, the talking behind his back of, you know, the type of characters he's been playing and who he is as a person. Because mm-hmm. um, he continues to play these type of roles. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, again, if he's that way in real life, but the roles that he's choosing, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it says a lot, you know? Yeah. It says yeah. a lot. Yeah. Especially because yeah. he's at the, like, he is in a place in his career where he can make choices about who he plays. Yeah. He has choices. It's not take every part and i don't know if it ever really was take every part for him um but yeah that he could make other choices yeah he's well he's also notoriously in the past he has notoriously been hard to work with i think he's mellowed out as a actor um since then but i don't see him in too many things now yeah and i also have to think too like in the 80s especially for comedians it was like they didn't give a fuck about things you know, mm-hmm. I can name a bunch mm-hmm. of comedians, Eddie Murphy being one of them. Like if you mm-hmm. watched a lot of his standups, he said a lot of problematic things right. that will not fly today at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the 80s was a different time. That doesn't excuse it, but like yeah. they all come from that same world, if you know what yeah. I mean. Speaking of that world, Reagan. Right. <laughs> no. That's a good one. That's a good one, right? No, yeah, but like really, decision. like the obviousness of how much this movie was made in the Reagan era. Era. Like yeah. literally the EPA is evil. Yeah. They're <laughs> just like the bad guys. Yeah. There's this like anti-academic kind of bent at the beginning. And then there's also this like pro-capitalism. We're following these smart guys, uh, the the small guy startup company essentially. And mm-hmm. they're just the local neighborhood guys trying to start this business and the government's gained the way and federal government's gained the way and stuff. But the funny thing is they're not, they're depicted as blue collar with like their jumpsuits and their heavy equipment and the commercials mm-hmm. and stuff. Clearly the Ghostbusters was inspired by kind of like uh, they even make a joke in there about being exterminated for cockroaches or something. So it's like clearly it's inspired by that kind of uh, organization or company, but 
we have a large amount of affluence, education, and privilege going into it. Mm-hmm. So they're more white collar, masquerading as blue collar is hard to quantify. But just kind of like the fact that Ray has this huge house that he's able to mortgage and just walk out of a bank with this huge loan that's able to afford this giant abandoned firehouse like right in downtown new york even in the 80s like that could not have been cheap so it's like they clearly have a lot of capital so it's like it's just a very interesting way they follow the movie i think the second movie when we get there does a better job of the zero to hero kind of trope this one is Mm -hmm. like y'all aren't starting off with zero as much as you think you are (laughs) true uh the other a uh, theological trope here, which I already kind of touched on, is like a keeper versus key, key master kind of trope of these, t- uh, uh, and the sort of like union that needs to happen to bring about some sort of cataclysm, and how similar that is to Nightmare on Elm Street when we had the dream master and ah. all that stuff. So this kind of mm. reoccurring theme of these kind of really somebody thinning liminally. In the movie. Like, right, right. Who is who and which is what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like because you did. I don't know. I didn't know anything about gate masters and gatekeepers and key masters. <laughs> the gate masters. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. sounds kind of kinky. I'll just say that. Like, it does. Are you a key holder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the master and the keeper and. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of gods, <laughs> there. Your transitions I, today. I, I know they're Keep great. Them up. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I know they are delightful. Um, the relig- the way that they depict religion, like this is, um, our listeners will know. But Pace and I go into a fair amount of detail at various points in various movies of like. That is a terrible depiction of Christianity, of this religion, of a funeral, of a wedding, whatever. Um, but the like, the dynamic that they are like doing when they have the like religiosity stuff, right? Like they're quoting Revelation seven. They like mention Revelation seven twelve, which is like a group singing amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Which is not like what they're talking about when they're mentioning Revelation, but is closer to like the actual book of Revelation. Yeah. And if you want to know more about the book of Revelation, you can check out the Nerds at Church deep dive into Revelation that we did last year where we actually talk about the book. But like yeah. they have this whole thing where they're like, this is like Old Testament wrath of God. But the only stuff they're quoting is from the New Testament, right? And so, like this, like saying that the Old Testament is a wrathful God and the New Testament is a graceful God, is an anti-Semitic trope, and bad. Don't do it. It's spiny. not true. Like, there's plenty of places where in the New Testament Jesus is like, "Oh, I have come not to bring peace, but the sword," right? Like, and and so it's just like the the lack of understanding of actual like any of the religions from christianity explicitly but then like the catholics and i did love the juxtaposition though of the catholic nuns and the orthodox jews both of them like praying because they're terrified and i was like (laughs) this this is new york like Mm -hmm. yes this is quintessential new york 100 percent, right next to each other yeah 
Uh-oh. And um, they, it's clear that, like, re- they draw upon religion a lot without, like, actually doing the research or thinking through of it. Like, when they talk about Gozer and Zul and they reference the Hittites, which are this Canaanite group that existed before the Hebrews came into that region. Um, and it's not actually real gods for them, which is fine. Like, it's whatever. You, you make stuff up. But it's just interesting that they're, like, deliberately pulling names out of, like, the old testament or quotes from the new testament and stuff to kind of add a layer of uh background to their film like fabric to their film just drawing on that christian kind of pop culture understanding uh the other thing though that i found really interesting is when we have the catholic uh I want to say bishop or cardinal, whoever he is, meeting with the mayor, and he and he says officially, the church will not take a position on these uh, phenomena. Personally, I think it's a sign from God, and how this was happening against the backdrop of the HIV/AIDS crisis in New York, mm-hmm. and the church and saying the exact same thing um, about the HIV/AIDS crisis, and then of course they act up to protest at St. Patrick's Cathedral and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just an interesting connection there. Not sure if it's intentional, but just. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannot help but think of that as that happened yeah i thought they were gonna like come in and the catholic the catholic was gonna be like yes i have brought my exorcist i have brought the like diocesan exorcist with me and so we'll be <laughs> exercising these that did did not happen like, <laughs> that would have been really silly though yeah, yeah <laughs> like, right right the exorcist like trying to come yeah in, like, which like there is they're like that the Catholic Church does have actual exorcists. There's a whole mm-hmm. process if you want to be exorcised or if you want someone to be exorcised. It's mm-hmm. not simple. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that was it for the religious stuff I had. Any, or our deep dive stuff. Any other, like, queer or religious or anything else that anyone wants to talk about? Before we get into some ghost lore. Um, I have nothing. You guys did That's it all. Right. <laughs> Y'all did it all. <laughs> Woo! So go slower. Yeah. So um, we're just as the seasons like focusing on ghosts and ghostbusters, we're just kind of keeping track of what the movies are saying about ghosts and adding to ghost lore. Mm-hmm. And what I I find very interesting, just to start right off the bat, is that some of the ghosts in this movie seem to be ghosts of dead people, like the librarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Others like Slimer aren't not unless yeah. there is somebody that like I don't think anybody looked like Slimer before they died because no. although Slimer, Slimer did I, have a butt, Slimer did have a butt. Yes, supposed true. Supposed to look like John Belushi. True, <laughs> as a way of giving him a thing. But yeah, but there are like many ghosts in here that just are not like human like at all. So it's like, are these just, what kind of spirits are these? And it doesn't mm. really say. Um, and also, I just love that in addition to the ghost mythology, we also get this like demons and God and Zul myth- mythology kind of thrown in there, too. So this is um, I mean, ghosts can interact with physical objects and make noise, which is like fairly common with constraints from the movies that we've seen so far. Um, but the leaving slime behind the ectoplasm mm-hmm. was like, OK, that's new. We have not had that in, you know, I guess technically this, this is the second episode for this season that we're recording, but the first one that comes, but this will come out before the other one. So I was like, nope. Wait. No, this Changeling comes oh, out changeling. first, then this one. Then, I love Changeling. I yeah. yeah. So good. Okay. 
But yeah, we are recording okay. a little out of order because we have our Holy Week special that we're recording on Friday. We're watching Jesus Camp. If you ever seen that horrifying movie, no, yeah, oh, it's a documentary horror. about this really far right Christian uh, fundamentalist camp, and it's just really creepy. Um, okay. Like they legit are like saying they bring in a car. This was during George Bush's presidency, uh, George Bush Jr. So they bring in a cardboard cutout of George Bush, and all the kids are like praying and speaking in tongues to George Bush and blessing George Bush to help remove the evils of abortion. So like it's just such a wild movie, what? and it's a documentary. So like. It's not even fiction. Yeah. This was really happening. Yeah. It was creepy. Um, um we haven't hmm. rewatched it, but it's a creepy one. Um yep. but yeah, so our listeners will have already heard our episode on. <laughs> right, right. Um the other thing okay, the only other thing I have on ghost lore from this movie is that ghosts can possess not only people but cars. Yeah. They possessed the one like taxi. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. That's true. Yeah. Those were all of my like. Ghosts. You mentioned ectoplasm, mm-hmm. um, and the, I think one other movie I seen or yeah, I seen them talk about it was I think it was the um, I think a Hudson in Connecticut, Ooh, where yeah. yeah, and they did these like weird seance things in the nineteen hundreds. Um, and if the person's possessed, I might be getting this wrong or whatever, but when they do any seance, like the ectoplasm comes from their mouth and they had like these creepy still shots of it. I was scared of that movie because yeah, it, it seems yeah. super realistic. Um, and then if you Google it, apparently it's real or whatever, but oh, yeah. between Ghostbusters and that, those are the only two movies I actually heard about like ectoplasm and yeah. other things similar in- to that. So quick uh, behind the scenes kind of what ectoplasm was used for in late 19th century uh, seances was it was a common way that um, the practitioners of seances would prove that they were really psychic as they would get possessed by a ghost, like you're saying, and then out of bodily, out of their orifices in their body, they would produce ectoplasm, which is a way to show that they were possessed by ghosts, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But it was usually like cheesecloth or some other kind of like material similar to that that they would use to fake the ectoplasm uh, mm. to kind of like con people out of money. So it's one of those. Oh. Yeah. One, so, so that's where ectoplasm comes from. And that's probably also why it's not used much in contemporary ghost stuff, because by and large, it was just it's kind of has this reputation of, oh, this is people faking hauntings by using cheese cloth or now I'm disappointed stuff. Boo. Right. right? <laughs> there are way better uses of cheese cloth. Right. Like making right. cheese. <laughs> yep. Wasting cheese, man. Right, right. <laughs> Gandalf over there squeaking around. Gandalf yep. has some feelings about it too. I know yeah, Gandalf. Yeah. Come on up. Should say hi. He's playing. He's not gonna say hi. But um, yeah, I guess we can move into rating the movie though. Uh, so since this is our Ghostbusters season, we're rating out of ten proton packs. So <laughs> what did you rate it out of ten proton packs? And additionally, do you have a favorite kill? There aren't many kills in this movie, so do you have a favorite ghost? Whatever. And we'll start with you, Bobby, as our guest. How okay. would you rate this movie, and do you have a favorite kill slash ghost? Um, so I'll give this movie nine and a half proton packs. I love it. Love it. 
I, I love it. I anytime yeah. this movie is on, if I'm just going through the channels and it happens to be on, I'll stop and watch it. I've seen it over a thousand times, I'm sure. I don't care. It's a fun <laughs> time. I love it. Um my favorite I mean, I love Slimer, like come on, Slimer's all that. Right. Uh, right. But I'm gonna have to go with um Gozer. Right. I'm sorry. Um uh, they slayed. They slayed. They they I'm do. sorry. The just the mm-hmm. stance, the look, the outfit, whatever, like thereof outfit. Um, the shortcut, the eyes, the voice just I was turned on. I right. love it. Yeah. Gozer <laughs> is definitely the sexiest. Yes. Like, come on, are you a god? No. <laughs> then die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know Emily has to go last, as is tradition, so I will go next, I guess, and I will rate it uh, 8 out of 10 Proton Packs. It's still really good, really funny. Some things haven't aged well, as we've been saying, but still just, it's still just hits in the right way, like all those great moments and one-liners and stuff. And I would say my favorite ghost is probably the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, (laughs) as I am also a large white uh, overflowing of fat and stuff that uh, Stay Puffed is. I relate to him so much. And I love that little sailor outfit. So cute. So, it so is cute. adorable. Yeah, you're uh, adorable just like him. Oh, thank you. It's true. <laughs> it's true. They are delightfully adorable. Yes. Um, I am going to rate it a seven. Mostly because okay. I like this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some of the like, I, I mean, it wasn't a bad all of these, I think, forever are higher are rated higher than any of the Twilight films, right? So yes. we're already starting above a certain level. But, um, yeah. No, you know, flashbacks to y'all talking about sparkling come again. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> May that for. image be burned forever in your brain. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll give it a seven because there's just too much misogyny to for me to rank it higher. Um, and I like all, all of the choices that both of the choices you two made were like ones that, but I got to go with Slimer. It's just like so iconic Ghostbusters yeah. that like I yeah. knew Slimer before having seen the movie. And, but I also agree with both of you. So yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I had zero jump scares this movie. <laughs> Yay. Ta-da. It's amazing. An honorable mention to Zul, because I mean, again, Zul, yeah. Sigourney Weaver, like, possessed version of her, again, right. so I had the yeah, honorable sure. mention. Yeah, she always <laughs> I will have her. to dig up that meme from years ago of the share Coke with Dana, and then someone crossed it out and wrote Zul, <laughs> so I have to post that with this episode. I'd, one of Please. Those that nice. made around the internet years ago. Yeah. But anyway, um... Thank you again so much, Bobby, for joining us for this episode. Mm-hmm. This was a blast. And I love your podcasts, both of them, plural. Geez, I don't know how you do it. I love your uh, YouTube channel. And it's just been such a delight. Do you have any um, social media handles or anything you want to shout out? Any upcoming projects? Anything like that? Sure. Um, I just want to say thanks again, y'all, for having me on tonight. This actually made my day. Um, I was looking forward to this all day. I was yeah. just rushing to leave work and I couldn't, like, I just couldn't wait to talk about this movie with y'all. Oh, yeah. um, so I really, really appreciate it. 
uh, this was a great conversation. So I just want to say thank you again. Sure. Thank um, you. But yeah, you can find me, Bobby Torres, um, on Twitter and Instagram with a Z, not an S. Bobby likes to spook you on my YouTube. And you can also find me on People Under the Scares on all pos- podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Reach out to me. No, all my other handles and stuff on there. There's too many to name, but the ones yeah. I shared, <laughs> just go on there and it'll link you to the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll we'll link. Um... I, I post your um, link tree. I think in our show notes. Oh yeah, has it all. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> Perfect. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Well, yeah. thank you again. Um, our next movie we are covering the Sixth Sense with Rich Holloway, which we rec- which we already recorded that one, so recording that out of order. But that was a fun conversation too. So definitely join us next week yeah. to talk about that movie. And uh, that's it for our show. So our theme music was by Matt May. Uh, Horners a church releases every Thursday, all season long. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Support us on Patreon. Get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, BooTube episodes, and more bonus content by going to patreon.com slash horrors of church. It's only $5 to sign up, so much cheaper than a pack of Stay Puffed marshmallows. <laughs> or maybe about the same. I don't I know how say, much marshmallows go. I don't know, go. with inflation, maybe, yeah. Yeah, true, true. Probably about the same as a pack of Stay Puffed marshmallows. <laughs> but anyway, uh, follow us on social media, Facebook and Insta at Horror Nerds at Church and Twitter H-N-A-C-P-O-D for all the latest updates about upcoming films, news, and other announcements. Until next time, if you can't get covered in sparkly cum, get <laughs> covered in some sparkly marshmallows. I'll I take guess. the marshmallows, thanks. <laughs> yep, right. I'm not answering it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh.